up, everybody? It is Daddy Goods and this is the Plenty of Feet Pod. And today we have my pretty feet eight. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Amazing. Very amazing. I've been seeing you on the, the Twitters a lot over the months and it's very exciting to have you on the podcast right now because I know that you are a, I want to say, this is my term now. I haven't heard this term anywhere else, but a serial content creator. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, for sure. I like that. <laughs> and it seems like it's in a lot of different areas too. It's, you know, it's on the the platforms of which people gravitate to for the content that they desire, um, the popular ones, of course. But then it seems like there's all kinds of different platforms that you're involved with. And as far as um, the different types of content that can be uh, uploaded as well, like you're on YouTube pretty heavily, it seems. You're on the OFs and just all kinds of different platforms. Uh, tell me about that and why you diversify the content so much. Well, I actually have... A couple of years ago, I counted that I had 11 social medias per feet. And oh. now I've probably got 14, I think, something more than that. Because now I have, you know, the YouTube channels and I'm about to get a TikTok, which is crazy because I never thought I'd do that. But <laughs> there are fans everywhere and some people just prefer different platforms. So some people are on YouTube and don't like Twitter. You know, a lot of people don't like the apps of the social media. So YouTube is a whole different audience than is on Twitter. And same with Instagram, although most of the Instagram people are on Twitter. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just different. So I like to get everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of these platforms are very prevalent in our lives and we feel like they're super common and why would anybody not have this particular platform? But, you know, with over 7 billion, I guess probably like 8 billion people in the world now, like not everybody has TikTok or not everybody has Instagram. So like, believe it or not, you know, that's why when Elon Musk bought out Twitter, um, there had to be some further research done because there's so many bot accounts on pretty much every platform as well. So a platform could be like, oh, hey, we got a billion users, but probably like a good 200 million of them are probably bots, you know? Yeah. On Instagram, that was a big issue that I found. It's always exciting to get a ton of followers on Instagram, but what you realize is that less than 0.01% are actual fans who are going to spend money um, and follow you elsewhere. You know, so you realize how many of those aren't um, quality followers. And there's a lot of that on Twitter as well. Absolutely. You know, you bring up um, money and, you know, people who spend money. And that's actually um, something that triggers a thought in my head that's very interesting because there's like different doors you have to unlock when you are diving into content creation because all content creators, they want to feel like people are watching, right? Like when you're creating a video, you're like, hey, I'm going to make this this uh, content, and if I see that a lot of people are viewing it, appreciating it, and liking it, like it makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's a door that you unlocked and, you know, figured out how to get inside that room. And it seems like once that's done, there's another door and another room you have to get into. And I think that's 
figuring out ways to to get the people to um you know show their appreciation for the uh, content in a um a monetarily type of way and a video that you have on your channel really you know made me want to uh, talk about this topic a little bit here on this podcast today you have a a video that you know is very by the way dramatic and cool um i love like how you got like scripts and we should definitely talk about how you go into like scripts and things like that because i didn't know you did all that but once i started diving in a little bit further i was like oh okay my pretty feet hey, she is somebody who is kind of an actress too so shout out to that um but tell me about your video about feet pick lies and what you've been hearing out there in the internet okay so when i started i found out about foot modeling from well it started with my husband saying that a guy from work sold socks on ebay and i was like what <laughs> And I started doing research about it because I always wanted to be a foot model. Now I was thinking mainstream, but I read a blog about you can make $90,000 a year selling feet picks. And so I started without knowing anything about the community. And then I started doing research on YouTube, just trying to get better at what I was doing. And what I noticed is that the girls on YouTube at the time, they gave such horrible information, you know, and they would lie about how they were making that money. It's not feet fix that these women are selling. The YouTubers are getting on there in lingerie and they're selling pictures of their body and then they might sell some feet fix, but where they're making the bulk of their income is from the rest of their body. Mm -hmm. And it always bugged me. And then I kept seeing more and more lies, the more research I did. And that's actually why I started my YouTube channel because I wanted to, get the real story of selling feet picks out there. Because um, I started from no knowledge whatsoever and I worked up to uh, feeling like I'm a professional and foot fetish game. So. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing this now? Since 2018. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say about four going on five years now that definitely can uh you know make you knowledgeable enough to feel like you 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 know enough to call yourself you know a professional and and whatnot and and you do it often enough to be a professional and i see the content and it definitely looks professional you know what you're doing for sure i see that you have a lot of balloon carcasses laying around it seems like there was some professional shooting going on Why why don't you tell me a little bit about that well, I was filming customs today before this started, and my last custom was balloons. So I had to wear my heels wherever those went, and um, my, you know, my big dancer heels with clear tight and pop balloons. And it was a 20-minute video, sweating profusely, and there's <laughs> balloon carcasses everywhere now. And you're like, man, I got to do a podcast like right after this. I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> Well, I had I had it timed. You know, I started a little bit late today, but um, I only had four customs to do before this. I have a couple more to do afterwards, but um, I wanted to get this big one done, and I didn't realize how badly I was going to be sweating. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Do are most of your days consumed with customs? No, I only film customs once a week, and I usually film about eight customs in a day. Well. Eight videos, so probably five or customs, and then I'll film a couple, you know, pre-made clips or YouTube clips, something like that. Um, but the rest of the time, it's just 
doing research or um, getting better at social media because that's where I was lacking for a long time. I'm just feeling like I'm figuring out Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely, I hear you. And um, so going back on the on the feet pick lies videos and everything, um, I had a question while you were talking, and it was triggered off of people thinking that selling feet picks is something that will make them rich quick and you know how that is likely to be you know misconstrued in a lot of ways and i mean i I could see how that is something that can like kind of confuse somebody and you can always tell the ones who might have been more confused because they do come around into the ffc and they start selling picks or or trying to at least and then they realize that it's actually something that takes a lot of time and effort and then you don't see them no more after like a couple weeks or maybe even a month um I, I feel like those are the ones that realize like, oh, this is something you actually have to do some work with. Like, I can't just snap a few picks and, and put them out there. However, do you think that there's ever an exception for a lady who, you know, might be, you know, highly desirable on the Internet and, you know, she doesn't show her her feet at all? Or maybe she gave like a little glimpse of them one day and then there might be like a barrage of guys who, you know, are interested and maybe she does get like that little taste of uh, feet pick selling success and she's like, oh, you know, and it triggers her to want to do it. Well, I definitely, there's definitely money in the feet business. I mean, I am testament to that. (laughs) You can make money in the feet business, but it's not going to be like, a hundred grand a month it's just not um but like they're talking about they're talking about making 10 grand a month or two thousand in two weeks and unless you're showing a lot more which is fine and a lot of women are comfortable doing that um and that to me is more along adult work than just feet fix you know what i'm saying it was just kind of um a misrepresentation of how they're getting the money Mm. um but you can, you can absolutely make good money uh, yeah. selling feet fetish content. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not going to be a ton. Do yeah. you feel like it's a surprising fact once you realize that this business is in a lot of ways, um, I don't want to say it, but I'm just going to say it, sex work. <laughs> I was so hesitant to accept that when I started. Because like I said, I did not start with, any knowledge whatsoever, which I don't recommend, but <laughs> I, you know, clients would call me, call what I was doing porn or say that I was a sex worker. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't talk dirty when I first started. I didn't feel like any of that was, but what I've realized is it absolutely is. If you're not showing your feet just for funsies. You're doing it because the guys are getting off on it. So it absolutely is sex work, whether you're clothed or not. Do you enjoy interacting with the people who are hitting you up on the daily? Well, if somebody did hit me up on the daily, <laughs> um, I enjoy interacting with my clients. That's fun. I have a lot of clients that I've gotten close to, and um, it's nice. I really enjoy the community, and I like everybody that's in it. So I have very few bad experiences. Well, Let's hop into a foot marshal and I want to dive into a little bit on the FFC community as well. And also on ways to deal with everybody that you have to talk to on a daily. Sound solid? (laughs) 
So if you're on this podcast right now watching live, go ahead and smash the like button and subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. And we have My Pretty Feet 8. Not mine, but hers. But her name is My Pretty Feet 8. Matter of fact, let me jot that down. We want to talk about that name a little bit, too. Um, so uh, she's on the YouTube as well. So be sure to subscribe to her channels and all that. And all of her links are available on her Twitter. Her Twitter is... I put, I put the wrong Twitter on the screen. My bad, everybody. It's mv 8 though on Twitter. I put my bad. I put the wrong Twitter on the screen. I got the right one, though, on the description or in uh, the title of this video. So, so, everybody, just make sure you go to the right Twitter. And um, her IG is also on there as well. So, shout out to that. Let's dive back into it. Because I'm about to get kicked out of this hotel room in 30 minutes. So, um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. So, real quick, like, as far as dealing with everybody on a daily do you feel like it's ever something that crosses your mind um, about like maybe having somebody manage your socials for you? No, I don't think I'm that busy. <laughs> <laughs> so you would consider if you felt like you were just like incredibly busy. If I was incredibly busy, they'd be doing the posting, but I, I guess I'm too much of a control freak. I would want to be able to know what a person wants. And I feel like I can get out what they want better than somebody that, you know, an assistant's not going to know what I need to ask. Um, I assume they could be trained, but, you know, I need to know exactly what they want to hear and exactly what they want to see. And if I don't hear that and get that out of them, then I don't feel like I could give them the right quality content that they want (laughs) yeah i hear you on that and you know i could totally relate to feeling like you got to have some kind of control when it comes to like the representation of you in general um not only that but i'm sure you feel that way about you know the the creative aspect of the content you create like if there was somebody else editing for you like you would probably like no 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 no, change that a little bit or no 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 no. Put, put that you know put that there you know that's just being a creative in general. That's what comes with the territory. You're just like, I got to have like some, what are the, you know, creative control as well, or I don't know. It's just not as fun. Right. Yeah. I think if I did have somebody helping, it would be with editing though, because I still edit on my phone. I don't do anything fancy. I don't want to um, get into the whole green screen stuff and all that. So I guess that would be one thing that I would want. It's time consuming. Very assuming to do all that stuff. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Editing, like I got probably like um three vlogs on this YouTube channel that I'm on right now. And like editing a 10 minute vlog can take like four hours, you know? Yes. And if I have eight videos a day and I make it a point to send all of them out the same day that I film, I don't have time to spend over an hour on one clip. And what I noticed was the rendering on the computer. Like after you're done editing and then you want to save it the way it is, that takes an hour. No, I don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah. You got to have like a very fast processor when it comes to video editing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like an unreasonably 
fast processor. Like, why would I have a processor that fast unless I was creating movies or, you know? Mm-hmm. Or creating content out and out and out, getting a bunch of stuff out all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I hear you on that. Like, as far as, like, a like a video editor and whatnot, because that, that would be pretty cool. What, what would you say... You know, with you being so spread out around the internet, what would you say like your your main goal with all of that is, or is there a goal? Um, I definitely just having a bunch of them. I just want to reach everybody from different places because I I know that not everybody is in one spot. You know, not everybody has Twitter, not everybody has YouTube, not everybody has Meetly. <laughs> That's another app. Uh, so I want to be everywhere. Um, if I can reach those people there, then that's where I want to be to at least have my toes so that they can see, you know, toes in the game, I mean, so that they can find me there. Um, but on YouTube, I've gotten really interested in maybe being monetized. That would be fun. Um, my foot model lines page probably won't be, or I won't make a lot of money from it because it's a lot of for the fans. Right. But um, my foot model success, if I get more followers, um, and then I've got like a shorts, the YouTube shorts, YouTube page. So I'd really like to be monetized on YouTube. I think that'd be really cool. You definitely <laughs> so have a, cool. yeah, you have a YouTuber personality, like <laughs> in a major way. When I was scrolling through your videos and checking them out, you have a very animated approach. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's how you got to be on youtube you know you got to give people something that they feel entertained by right yeah youtube is a whole other beast you have to really learn how to be comfortable on camera which is weird that i wasn't because i'd been doing it for three years before i even started so it's a whole different thing talking to somebody on camera and trying to get your thoughts across without babbling on like i'm doing now Absolutely. I mean, hey, this that's all I do is babble on. So if anybody you know, can relate with you and understand what you're talking about is me. And you're right. You do got to get used to talking on camera and feeling like you're giving people something that they should be interested in and just talking at a camera in general. I mean, that's something that I I have to get used to sometime as well. You know, like, I mean, I've I've been doing this now for a little bit. But, you know, I'm looking at a camera and I'm like, you know, trying to visualize it. I'm talking to like people like looking in the camera, you know what I mean? And, you know, if 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 I were to give anybody a tip like on how to get used to a camera, I'm just like act like the camera is the people you're talking to, you know? Yep. Yep. I think we'll get all like my thoughts will get start going everywhere. So even if I have a list of what I want to say, I kind of go off the rails. And then for YouTube, you can't really do that. Because your audience retention will be, so that's a whole uh, other beast. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like oh, trust me, you're you're talking to the one that likes to talk about that kind of stuff, you know, like audience retention and you know getting getting people involved and like trying to like pay attention to the analytic side of things, you know, all, all of that stuff though is super helpful. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to see all of those uh, st- stats, like it really helps out knowing what direction it go to. I mean, they really do set it up for success in a lot of ways. And, you know, once the algorithm catches onto you and, you know, starts pumping the content, like it's, it's just like, 
it's a realm you want to be in, you know, when it comes to uh, social media. YouTube is totally a, a different kind of beast. And, you know, I couldn't agree with you more on that. So that would be cool if your channel got monetized and it kept on growing, because I see that you also do um, interviews with other models in the game and content creators as well. Tell me about that. Um, I This has become a really fun pet project for me. I wanted to start doing them because I actually watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube from adult workers like Holly Randall and Filter, you know, all the adult stars. I love watching those podcasts. And I noticed that they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff and they're not age restricted because all my stuff on my Foot Model Life channel is age restricted almost. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do interviews. And so I wanted to ask the basic questions that fans like to ask. Like, what size are your feet? Do you like, to, are they ticklish? Um, you know, just the super basic questions, just to put a little interview out there that wouldn't be age restricted. And it worked for the first three videos. And then they started age restricting them again. <laughs> man, trust me, I know all about that, man. They, they age restricted my podcast from last night. And it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's like, man, like, I, there's a lot on YouTube that's not age restricted. That, that's yeah. So if you go through the short speed, there's so many girls that are doing things that are totally inappropriate and it's not age restricted. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I don't know, like as a creator, you know, you just want to be able to, you know, create freely and not feel like you're restricted in a lot of ways. And you know, for me. You know, I'm I'm feeling the same way. Like there, I have a lot that isn't age restricted, but then I do have also a lot that is age restricted on this channel. And it would be like the ones that I would like feel like is the the least you know age restricted worthy. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Like we didn't cuss, we didn't say edish. You know, I'm I'm trying to not say that as much. You know. Man, we, we trust me. We can go on and on when it comes to that, but I don't know. Like, I'm I'm heavily considering, um, you know, s- switching platforms. To be honest, you know, with with the Pop Pod and um, yeah. going to a place where it's not as, um, you know, non-creator friendly because it's e- even channels that have nothing to do with what our worlds are um, meshing together as, um, like people that do just you know, vlog videos, a lot of people's stuff gets demonetized for like the weirdest reasons. Like they said a word that the algorithm picks up because it's all algorithm. Like they got like, you know, computerized systems that will listen to your words in the video. They, they look at images in the video, just all computerized systems. And if anything is flagged, then you get demonetized or you get age restricted all those things. And I think even saying these words right now, age restricted and demonetized, I feel like that's demonetizable as well. You know what I mean? Like, honestly. Uh, so it's like, man, like YouTube is making it really tough for the for the the up and coming, uh, you know, YouTuber, not in terms of gaining subscribers and getting algorithm action. But as far as really emerging as a uh, like a full time content creator on the youtube platform like it's it's getting kind of like like dicey you know and it's you know if you look at the progression of it all on youtube you look at videos that have been coming out over the years they changed a lot when it comes Mm -hmm. to what their algorithms recognize and don't and so they recently updated just like i say six months ago 
um, their whole algorithm that captures age restricted content. And I and I get it at the same time because you know as a parent myself, like I I don't want you know um, you know my child to see stuff that they probably shouldn't be seeing. So I mean I I, I get it in a lot of ways too. You know. Well, yeah, what sucks, though, is I could go on a whole rant about how YouTube works backwards to protect kids because um, when they age, when you mark your channel not appropriate for kids or this video is not made for kids, it shouldn't show up unless you're signed in and you prove that you're an adult. That part. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be demonetized, punished for marking your content. Well, I only want 18 plus to see this, although... If you're making a video that's not for a kid, isn't that 18 plus? So anyway, <laughs> so we shouldn't be punished for marking at 18 plus because more content creators would market like that to protect kids. You know, we don't want kids to do this, you know, but Absolutely. because they punish us for it, we don't market that way. And the ladies that are doing things that are way more inappropriate don't market that way because they want to go viral. They want to make money. And if mm-hmm. they restrict it themselves, YouTube will punish them. So it's the whole way that YouTube works is silly to me. And if you're age restricted, those videos that are that way won't be shown to your subscribers. That's what really frustrates me. me they will not show up in your news feed or in your uh, feed, even though you're subscribed to that person. Yep. I, trust me, I know what you're talking about. Like, I have some episodes on this channel that I'm like, how is that episode not at like, like 50k yeah you know what i mean like like it's just it. like, yeah you know, it doesn't, like people like it's being seen by the people who are signed in and scrolling through the catalog you know but you know the algorithm's definitely not pumping it and you know like like the episode from last night right like I, i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna you know challenge it you know because it's like man like we i know we didn't say any um cuss words i'm pretty sure we did anyways i know we didn't say any verbiage that would be you know you know something that they don't like and you know it wasn't like heavily uh sexualized in any kind of way yeah. you know what i mean so it's just like dude i don't know it, it's 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 something that us people on youtube <laughs> it's something that we're gonna like have to deal with and we're gonna sit here and gripe all day about it but you know like i think at the at the end of the day it's just all about like figuring out, you know, how to maneuver ar- around it. And sometimes m- maneuvering around it means you just don't give YouTube the full content. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? And so, you know, nobody. You have a workaround if you want a little step. Toes don't get age restricted. Souls that are right at body level get age restricted. But if my soles were a little bit lower, like if I was sitting up and my feet were propped up on an ottoman or something and they were lower than my mid-level, it's not going to be age restricted. That's what I figured out. Word. Well, <laughs> we'll keep the toes. <laughs> okay, so when we make a clip, this is how to not be age restricted on YouTube yep. by My Pretty Feet 8 and Daddy Goods. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, all right, so something I wanted to dive into a little bit because I saw that you you spoke about this on your video about feet pick lies, and I I found it highly intriguing because you know I'm somebody who myself has you know caught some slack you know coming into the FFC realm. I have a podcast, you know, I, I seem to have came out of nowhere, which I did, 
Um, <laughs> but you speak about like, you know, rubbing elbows with other people in the, the FFC community and how important that is. And I agree with you, rubbing elbows with people in the FFC is important yeah. in a great way. Um, like in your opinion, why would that be something that's so important? The reason why it's called a community is because it is a community. There's people that have been in the game for a long time. They know everybody that's been in the game for a long time. And if you're a new creator and you come in here and you just start advertising into their work to try and steal their followers or get their followers, it's just, it's not going to go well for you because I can't think of a good analogy right now, but you know, someone coming into your workplace or your friend group, kind of, and just being like, Ooh, come follow me, come be friends with me, I'm cool, spend money on me, that's the big one. Why aren't you giving me money yet? Here's my feet. <laughs> so you really need to get friends with everybody. You, you need to um, recognize that it's a friend group, kind of, and everybody respects each other. Well, you'd hope so. Most people do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, it. it is a, a, a big group of people who, you know, it, it seems like there's, you know, in a lot of scenarios, open arms and, and people are very open to you. Um, and then there's some that are like, you know, not so open to the idea of a new person in the in the FFC world. Um, now, for those people, because I'm sure, you know, after four going on five years of being in this world, um, I'm sure you've uh, you you came across new people who, you know, may have not have had as many people like approve of them at first. Like what's like the the like the expectancy on getting people to be like, OK, this person is cool, actually. Like you, you get what I'm saying? Like because some like I get it, like sometimes, you know, like uh, a creator will be viewed as like. You know, like, oh, you're just in here to get money and just to make money and, you know, just exploit the genre and what have you. Like, at what point do you realize, oh, this person is like a for real uh, factor in this world and, you know, and they should be here. They're, they're serving a good purpose and they're creating great content. They're helping other creators, you know, evolve. They're helping other creators uh, grow. Like, at what point does the people who are a little harder to get through decide that person is solid. I think you said it yourself. When you're creating good quality content, you're creating consistently, you're pretty much showing what you have to offer and why you're worth taking seriously. You know, a lot of the new girls will post a blurry top view pictures where their toes look like they've been chewed on. And <laughs> they'll say, give me money. Right. <laughs> and the, you immediately look at that and you're like, okay, that's not a serious person. Um, so until you work past that, where you think you're just going to get it just because your feet are online and you show that you're dedicated, you like the community, you aren't just grossed out by feet guides because that's a lot of what these girls are. They don't have respect for the people in the community. And that's a big thing. You got to show respect for what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think that in a lot of ways too, the way 
people talk to other people, uh, you know, plays a huge role in that. And that goes for the the people who are into this kind of content, the, the foot boys and the, the foot girls of the world, you know, you know, when they're talking with each other, you know, they're talking with respect to each other and, you know, they're being kind. Um, do, do you, do you think that sometimes, you know, with, uh, the BDSM world, um, now I know the, the edits, you know, falls into, um, a certain category in that world, but now we go into the Dom world, you know, there's a lot of edish models, um, you know, who are also Dom. Now mm-hmm. they speak, you know, a little different to the, to the fellas. All right. And, you know, when they when they speak, you know, it's a little more aggressive. Do you think sometimes um, that can get misconstrued a little bit? Do you get what I'm saying? I think that they're talking to the people that want to be talked to that way. And those women, if their whole thing is domination and you're not into domination, then they're not for you. You know, um, for me, who will do a domination custom for you? Absolutely. And I'll play whatever you want me to play. But in the DMs, I am not going to be mean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be humiliating. Um, That's not who I am in general. So if you're on a profile where that's their thing, they're either Fendom or they're um, the dominatrixy, then if it's not for you, then I wouldn't approach them because they expect a certain thing from you also. Um, It's just a different part of the community. I wouldn't even say that a lot of the doms are foot models. They're doms. And part of domination is making them, you know, worship your feet as a humiliation thing. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. I hear you. There's I hear- all different types of levels of everything. You know, there's so many facets of the community. Yeah, most definitely. Do you feel like um at, at times it can get a little competitive? I don't think so. (laughs) I think that there is a client for everyone. There's a follower for everyone. And a lot of us are sharing both. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a guy might want, you know, feet. And sometimes he might want butt. And sometimes he might want something else. And so getting mad that a client is spending money somewhere else doesn't make sense to me. You know, maybe he doesn't want brown hair one day. I don't know. (laughs) It's being jealous or being competitive doesn't make sense to me. I think that it speaks more highly, including with clients, if you are building each other up. So building up those women that are working hard in the community. Absolutely. And I think the more of that that exists, it's like just going to become a more powerful movement altogether in in general and you know that's a great thing you know more creators creating together collabing together and it's just a beautiful thing and that's part of the reason why i definitely wanted you on this podcast is because i i seen you out there doing your thing not just with the the modeling but you know also with doing interviews and podcasts and you know i myself would want to encourage people to watch your interviews and you know, dive into your content a little bit more because, you know, showing support to other creators. I mean, there's, honestly, there's like nothing more powerful than, you know, showing that the next person is also doing their thing as well. Yep. Yeah. Supporting each other is super important. And that's what most of the professionals do. You know, 
I found yeah. that especially working with other people, you you realize how much how nice people are and how willing people are to help. You know, just starting out, I still feel like I'm getting started with working with other people and everyone is so willing to give advice or help or whatever. I've got a photographer who is telling me every time that a model comes over so that I can interview her. You know, not so he can hire me, but just to help me get interviewed people. You know, that's really cool. Absolutely. I could dig that. Well, how about we hop into a footmercial? And usually I I do like hour long podcasts, but I'm in a hotel right now <laughs> doing a late checkout. <laughs> um, so let's do a footmercial. And then um, before we do that, though, is there anything that you would like to tell everybody on the podcast today, your fans watching? Be nice. <laughs> yes, be nice, everybody. Be nice. Um, if if you're here watching this podcast live right now, um, go ahead and drop some comments. I'm going to go ahead and shout out the people who have uh, been leaving some live comments as we footmarshal our way on out of here. Um, my Pretty Feet 8, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And, you know, hopefully we can do it again and have a more extended uh, episode because you're definitely a very knowledgeable person. You've been in the game for going on five years now. And, you know, you got great work as well. Um, shout out to all those gifts that you post on Twitter. It's pretty <laughs> I, I like the way you do that. Um, so definitely love uh, having you on a podcast and, you know, hope to see more work from you. So keep up the great work. All right. Um, and don't go anywhere. Um, after the live broadcast, I'll holler at you for a quick minute. Um, everybody watching, thank you so much. Um, go ahead and drop some comments and I'll shout you out as we make our way on out of here. This is my pretty feet eight. Once again, not mine, but hers. <laughs> my Shout out to Zella Vibes. Shout out to Chris, the mod, William Lewis. Shout out to Tic Rexy, Tyler. Great folks, great folks. Shout out to Charlie Yellowstone. Hey. That reminds me of that Drake lyric on that Jimmy Cook song. That uh, never mind. All right, uh, shout out to Invictus XII. Shout out to Stan Christian. Shout out to all you folks, man. Thank you. Oh, I turned off the music accidentally. Thank you all for watching, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next episode. And uh, stay tuned to the to the social medias because I'm gonna be making some changes here coming soon with the channel and pretty much uh, everything so stay tuned and uh, yeah all right everybody we out of here and follow make sure you follow pretty feet eight my pretty feet eight on um, twitter and ig all that great stuff we are out of here Thank you.